Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM, and we're here in sunny California, and we have a very, very good show. Each week, it's called Ask Brian, A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N, and many, many times, if you have never listened to the show, people don't know what the E is for, or why are we using the word E as Brian, especially since my name is Peter. I mean, they people have no clue. <laughs> Well, that's the whole goal here is to confuse people, and we'll be confusing our guests very shortly. But um, if she isn't confused yet, and it's not that convoluted, but here we are. We have a show every week, and we try to teach people something about business. Each week, we try to bring on somebody that has been a very experienced person in the business world that can help us out. And so, Tracy, since you're the one who's been on the show with me for over, what, 15 months at least? I mean, way, I haven't been counting, but yes, I think so. Oh, and by the way, we have a big, big anniversary here. On January 6th, 2022, the S. Brian Show will have been on for five years. So we'll have our five-year anniversary. Woo-hoo! Yeah, we'll be like David Letterman. We'll, have the, the, we'll do a whole history thing of the whole five years. But some people have not listened to the show. Some people, this is their first show, similar to our guest. So, Tracy... Why is Brian yes. spelled with an E, and why is it spelled just the same way that O'Brien's Pub down the street where I go to the pub every night? Why is it spelled that way? I mean, is it because it's an Irish pub? Is that what uh, S. Brian's all about? What, what's the E for? I'm glad that you brought up the O'Brien because I do want to say that um, we're really happy for Patty, our engineer that starts with an E, that um, has moved up into a management position. Well, I'm not sure so, about that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they told us. They told us he did. We miss him. Maybe there's but another no, reason because... he's not here, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> because he exited. No, he did not exit. He got promoted. But um, So I'm excited to take over his role of expressing the importance of the E in B-R-I-E-N. And we can shout out to our new engineer, Emily who chooses not to engage with us with another E, but that's okay because we still love her. And her and her relative must have been Harpo, Harpo Marx. Yes, dead silence, on air, dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> but there's exceptional, because all of our guests are exceptional, and there's empathetic, and I really, really need your empathy today <laughs> because of my wellness factor. And there's excellent, okay, did I say excellent? See, I'm on cold medicine, so you might have to throw in some ease on my behalf. Well, you're experienced, so you should know that. And we have experts as our guests who have at least 10,000 hours in the, uh, 10,000 hours in the area of which they are experts in, because that is technically the definition of an expert, although most of our experts have over like 100,000 hours in their areas of expertise. Well, and every week when we have the show, we try to educate people about something about business, and we're always very enthusiastic! You have to have enthusiasm. Be excited. Come on. Yes. Go, 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 go. And just let me remind you, an empathetic. (laughs) 
really empathetic today. You said that twice. I said three times because I really wanted to be sure you heard my energy level. Well, that's another good e- and, energy. Yes. And enlightened and educated and exceptional. I think we've gone through them. Let's introduce our amazing guest. Why don't you introduce her and I'll ask the first question. Okay. So we have an amazing guest today. We've already been talking to her offline and her name is Dee. Now, Dee, we both have some Southern accents going, but I may not be able to get this one quite right. You are, why don't you just share with us your last name so that I make sure we get it right? <laughs> okay, it's uh, Brazil. It's pronounced like the country, but certainly not spelled that way. Well, it's really great to have another Southern woman in business with us on the show today from Bentonville, Arkansas. And you are the VP of Business Development for Albany Farms, but you also have an amazing portfolio of resume of services and positions, if you will, ranging from Sam's Club to Walmart and um, really have a strong background in creating bold brands. And so, Brian slash Peter, take it away and let's get started with these great questions. Okay. Well, uh, is it spelled the same way as Brazil nuts? Uh, No, it is not. But even though I'm a little nutty, but spelled the same way. Well, they say I'm nuts too. But anyway, first question we have is, when you started your career, did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Absolutely not. I uh, had just gotten out of college with, and completed my MBA, and I started with Walmart making $5.21 an hour, and I'm like, this is crazy. Uh, I'm just going to have a job while I find a real job, and then 20 years later, boom, it happened that fast. So, <laughs> so did you start out at a store? Uh, No, I started out in the corporate office as a merchandising assistant, which is assisting the buyer, but I did eventually get out to the stores, so yes. And um, are you based in Arkansas where the headquarters is? Uh, Yes, I'm still here after all these years. Even after you left Walmart? Yeah, my family's here, my my daughters, and uh, even though with Walmart, I lived in uh, San Francisco for three years, and then... I also did an international stint in Germany for three years, so got to travel all over the world. So uh, this is still my home base. But I'm originally from L.A., which is where we're from, lower Arkansas. So I live in northwest Arkansas in Bentonville, close to the Walmart headquarters. And why did you leave? Why did I leave Walmart? Yes. Well, actually, I got let go because I was over luxury goods for Sam's Club. And he brought in a few counterfeit bags. And uh, anyway, we fought the lawsuit and won. But still, I said, if you're going to fire him, fire me as well, because it was under my responsibility. So anyway, it seemed like a devastating moment in my life. But actually, it was just the beginning of a great next chapter. So, Well, super. Everything happens for a reason. And what are you doing now? Uh, right now, I'm working for Albany Farms as the Vice President of Business Development. So Albany Farms has been around for several years, but we're in the process right now of building a vertically integrated factory in South Dakota, Belfouche, South Dakota, for ramen, making ramen. Well, a lot of people love ramen, and most of it's all imported. So we will proudly produce that in uh, South Dakota. So uh, what's the re- so in business development, that basically is, Trying to find new products and brands for the company? Is that, that what it is? 
Yeah, it, this is primarily uh, developing solid customer bases. We've got our, our initial line, but we're also going to be able to expand into other wheat products. So it's determining what other wheat products besides just ramen. But currently, right now, this you know the positions will evolve. But today, it's understanding what our production is going to be well, as soon as we're online and how to bring the right amount of volume in so that we basically takes all the production that we're cranking out so that the plant becomes profitable as soon as possible. So it's kind of a wearing a lot of hats right now. So when I think of business of Elma, you typically think of, you know, we're going to try to bring up a new brand or a new product or something mm-hmm. else in addition to what we've got. So is that yeah. what you do at, at Albany Farms? Well, right now we are developing several brands uh, for ramen, which I can't really disclose right now. But so the, you know, traditional opening price point ramen, as well as evolving into higher end or mid-tier and higher end uh, ramen products or other types of noodle products so that we can start elevating that eating experience for the customer, Uh, as well as it's not just going to be in the ramen space. We're working with retailers on what needs that they have in the noodle category, wheat-based product. So that way we can acquire the correct machinery and just making sure that we're planning ahead far enough that we can get the right machines, but it also satisfies a solid need in the marketplace. So what is the typical process uh, as a business development person to determine whether or not you're going to bring in a new product? I mean, Go, go through the steps there a little bit for us. Well, first of all, you know, you have to analyze the white space out there. So you don't want to just be another Me Too product uh, unless you have a critical advantage, be it price, quality, uh, distribution mechanisms, whatever. So you just kind of have to determine what you're bringing to the table. Is there a real need? If there's really not, then... The recipe for success is pretty low, so it's just determining. And this, the recipe for success in this space is huge because of all of the issues right now, importing product and supply chain and containers and all of that. So Made in USA is a hands-down win for this particular category. So let's extrapolate a little bit more on that. How has the supply chain affected your brand and your products? Well, originally... The company started out importing ramen, so with the problems getting containers and the expense of the containers, I mean, when the company first started bringing product over, I think the container cost was like three to $4,000 a container, and now it's upwards closer to $20,000 a container, so that really impacts profitability, not only just the cost, but once it gets here, when and when can it get unloaded? When can it make it to the stores? So it's just a myriad of issues, domino effect on importing product, especially food product. So being able to make it uh, in the United States, and the beautiful thing about that facility up there is we're partnering with uh, the farmers for their wheat. So we'll have a full, fully integrated flour mill that will be coming online. So that becomes a whole industry in its own to our portion of that. So a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, when did the cost go from 3000 to 20000 It's just since March of 2020? It's been over the last year. Yeah, about a year. Wow. 
I, I guess I, I should have bought stock. Yeah, I should have bought stock in some storage companies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you can, if you can uh, charge six times you, the price. How can you manage costs when you have that significant of an increase? It's very, very difficult. You know, the first thing that happens is it starts cutting. Here comes the big axe on your own profitability. And then if you'll notice, store shelf pricing has been inching up. And a lot of that is a result of the supply chain issues. And even once it gets here, you know, with the trucker shortages, uh, the whole trucking industry has been suffering as well. So it just all adds up, you know. Some of these big retailers don't take kindly to coming back for price increases. So it's just a real thin line to walk on how you manage and stay afloat and profitable, be profitable yourself and also service the customer without hurting the business or your relationship because everybody's hurting, you know. Won't the trucking company issue be the same whether or not it's in the U.S. or China or whatever? Because you still have to ship it from, uh, you know, where, where you're located to Texas, to California, to Florida. Yeah, that, that will still be an issue that we have to contend with. But good news in that particular facility, there's several industries up there that have regular trucking, truck lines and, and outs. So we can tap into that. And uh, we also are, are nestled up next to um, railroads. That will also connect to our particular facility. So we've got a couple of different modes of transportation we can utilize. So is that, do you think that's the biggest problem uh, you face in your business, the supply chain? I would say that's up there, number one. And another thing that's happened is the whole packaging industry has also had challenges getting packaging and producing it, and those costs have been going up as well. So I would say supply chain, number one, all of the uh, packaging materials, number two. And um, I don't know, I, I know you're not no, no longer with Walmart, but I, you may know people over there, especially from where you're living in that vicinity, that area. Do you know are companies like Walmart facing the same issues or because they're so big and have so many billions of dollars behind them? that they can they can get rid of those issues and it's not as much of a problem? Or are they, they suffering the same issues as you are? Oh, they're totally suffering the same issues. Even though they do know how to navigate smartly and they do have the big pocketbook behind them, for example, I know that they invested in some of their own vessels to bring product over, but even though they can do that on particular product categories or, or whatever helps the supply chain for them, you know, you look at the number of suppliers that are all suffering in the same way, that that's why you, you've, you've seen some of the shelf stock suffering in stocks and pricing going up because everybody is suffering the same demise right now. One of the things we wanted to bring up is we want to talk more about Albany Farms. That's the company you're currently working for. And my understanding is they're pretty good on the ramen area. Uh, where do they stand? currently in the ramen industry? Uh, are they 10th, 20th in terms of volume of sales? And where do you expect them to be in the next six months, six years, whatever? Well, we're not on the radar, honestly, because we were doing more private label. So we're not listed on all the numbers out there. But with our facility that we're opening, it's just opening. I mean, construction's going on. We're putting in all the the magic machines and hiring people and all of that, uh, within six months, we should be 
one of the largest producers in the United States, plus we're looking at other facilities to expand. So our goal is in the next two to three years to be the largest ramen and wheat-based noodle producer in the United States. What is the current largest producer? In ramen? Yep, in the United States. Uh, I would say it's import. I'd say Mershon or Nissen. But does anyone make it in the U.S.? Uh, very limited. Because, I mean, noodle machines are easier to crank out dried noodles, but ramen is a little bit different type of process. So, and the investment in the machinery is really astronomical and hard to come by. So, we've been looking for a while, many, 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 many months, and now we have closed on all that, and they're uh, going to be floating over here as we speak. Are, are, are the production, is that very automated or is that labor intensive? We will have some lines that are more labor intensive, but we're moving towards some robotics just to be as, you know, I mean, those little pillow packs start banging those out. So that's going to be a lot of robotics. So a little bit of both. So we're not going to have like the Terminator making the product? No, no. <laughs> we're going to have beautiful people from uh, Belfouche, South Dakota. Uh, helping add some love and all that to this product. Now, you have the Albany Farms brand name. Do you private label some of that, and can you tell us what that is, or are you not allowed to tell us? I'm not really allowed. We, we're doing, uh, we'll be doing some private label for some – call me back in six months, and we'll be happy to talk about all that. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. You're so well-trained, media-trained. I can I, I pick up on that. You're very well-media-trained. Don't worry. I already filled it out on my calendar. 180 days from today, she's going to get a call. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> We're going to hold you to and it. And then you'll be able to tell us about some of the new products too, right? Because I know there's a lot of interest out there in terms of things around keto and things around um, gluten-free. And I don't know if that's anything that you can share if you have any of those in the works, but maybe six months from now you can tell us about those things. She can't. Yeah. She just has to kill you, but go ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> like three more shots of coffee. <laughs> Please put me out of my misery. Today I would take it. <laughs> but I can tell you wherever the market is going, where the growth is happening, that's where our eyes will be as well. But today the largest share of the market is uh, in the pillow pack and cup business, and that's where we're going to start our operations focusing on. Well, and for those who don't, um, don't maybe aren't familiar with the term pillow packing, can you explain what that is exactly? Well, you know, when, you're, when you got your hangover after a great night out and you, you stumble in and get those little packets of ramen that you buy for 20 cents or 25 cents, I was thinking, that's a pillow pack. I was thinking when I was in college, that's you know, it. and I couldn't afford anything, that's what I ate. That's it. That's it. exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, because you aren't going to admit any hangover remedies, are you? What's a, oh, what's a hangover? I don't know. I don't know what I was talking about. I watched the movie Hangover. <laughs> Is it like that? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Exactly, exactly. Now, while you're making it in America, do you plan on still selling internationally or is you going to try to limit yourself to the U.S.? Uh, we will sell where the orders come in, but our first and primary obviously makes the most sense in the United States and to satisfy this market. But as we grow our operations in different facilities, we will be able to export, and I know that there's a demand for that as well. So. Hopefully by then, the supply chain containers and ships and all that will have simmered down just a little bit. 
though, that'll make more sense. But we will only do it if it makes sense financially. But our first and foremost priority is to uh, take care of the United States, North America, and Latin America. Go ahead, Trish. I was just going to say, you have a history in building brands, and obviously you're working with a company that's leveraging a powerful new brand with made-in-the-USA products and claiming high-profile steak and ramen. Do you utilize your branding expertise within your current position? Absolutely. I think that as those of us that have been in an industry for an extremely long time, your knowledge culminates. You, you tap into different times of your career and learn as you go and then use it where it's applicable. So, yes. Are you the only business development and, person or do you have a staff with you? Well, uh, I've got my cohort. I think you've talked to her, Mandy. She's the chief commercial officer. We've got a VP of operations. We've got our, obviously our CEO and then we've got our plant staff, lead engineers, plant people in Belfouche, and we've got a creative marketing dude. We are well-rounded in terms of our talent pool, but as we grow, we'll add as needed, but we want to be lean and effective and nimble and not get overbloated on the uh, staffing side, on the corporate level, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Lean, mean, fine machine. You got it. Lean and mean, we do need to develop a gluten-free noodle. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> well, and keto, well, and keto too, right? Protein and cheese noodles or however that works. I mean, I haven't started any of that until January. Right now I'm on all gluten. All. <laughs> oh, yeah. Carb city. Um, that's the fun place. Shipping challenge. I was curious about the labor shortages and how that's impacting you in terms of construction on your new facility, in terms of hiring in South Dakota. Are you experiencing repercussions from the great resignation? Actually not. I think it's benefiting us because the community up there has been so welcoming and so excited about a new industry coming in. And there's not a lot to choose from right there in Belfouche. I mean, there's some surrounding areas, but the welcome that we've gotten from the community, the excitement about Made in USA, hiring people, because there will be, you know, some career paths for people that want to get in on the ground floor and grow and take on more responsibility. So it's an exciting career for a lot of people. I want to work. Great, the, I want to work <laughs> if I can work well, why, remotely, why, why not? Remotely? South Dakota is beautiful. I was just curious if there was a strategy around choosing South Dakota specifically. Yeah, it's kind of in the, doesn't seem like it, but it's in the middle. Uh, I think there's a spot up there that's supposed to be like the middle of the United States, right? So the logistics, and the reason we picked it is because, first of all, we're going to be buying about a million acres worth of wheat raw and then processing all of that. So it's right there in the heartland. Uh, plus the byproduct from the flour mills will be some livestock feed. So obviously there's a lot of livestock there as well, right there next to the railroad. It's flatland. It's not also, it's not more north or northeast where they get the bulk of the weather. So it's really just hit on all levels. And the, the city has been fantastic and great to work with. So it just all made sense. No tax breaks? Uh, I, I, I don't know. That's uh, Bill Sallers' uh, responsibility. He's the big 
the big guy. I'm sure there's something in there. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, plants get some type of benefit to move to a city. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that that is there. I just don't have the details on it. Well, Do you have any additional products other than ramen? Well, we're working with a few customers now that are expressing additional noodle products because they're wanting to not import as much either. So we're figuring out what those are, whether it's elbow noodles or penne pasta or, or what it is, uh, whatever their needs are. All we have to do is get the proper machinery uh, as we're expanding to facilitate that. So it won't just be ramen, but that's our the core, and then we'll be expanding from there. Do you see a trend in companies, manufacturing companies? Like, for example, I know when Peloton went really crazy with supply and demand issues that they bought some of other manufacturing places within the U.S. Do you see this as a corporate trend to bring some of this manufacturing back onto our homeland soil? I absolutely do. If the capital is there, I think that that is definitely a desire for it, for any any company. If they can bring it here and still do it competitively, that's the big thing is the staying competitive. I think everybody would prefer to have product made in the USA, the, customers alike. But with I, the, well, I know customers for sure. <laughs> with a $15 minimum wage, though, which is getting to be now typical in the U.S., it's not there yet. You know, that's got to be really tough to compete with, you know, countries that, uh, you know, people getting paid in Bangladesh and other countries of that nature, where the minimum wage is probably one twentieth of that. So, uh, yeah, that's a very valid point. I think that's where you have the engineers and the understanding what the demand is going to look like and balancing the automation along with the beautiful humans that are in the plant to, uh, you know, make the product. So it's a balance, but you have to have capital to do that. So it's just the companies that have the money, the foresight, the resources to make that happen. I think that's where you're seeing that happen. With container shipping going from 3000 to 20000 there may be some margins available for Manipal. Yeah. It seems so insane. That's exactly right. How many ramen noodles in a container? 13,000 pillows. 13,000 pillows. And a pillow is what, 24? And a pillow is just a single serving. That's oh. what you break, put in your bowl, and add your stuff to it. So I can have 13,000 hangovers. Yes, that's correct. For twenty, $20,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just a shipping cost. That doesn't include that's, the product. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a 25-cent hangover cure much longer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea to have a seasoning pack in there for the hangover cure. Oh, I think it should include an aspirin. Um, there you go. Hey, man. <laughs> look, look all, and some and vitamins. Ideas. We created a new product. We got a business of them. Yeah. <laughs> Comes, comes with an vitamins, aspirin, some flavors, Alka Seltzer, <laughs> Alka Seltzer, a couple of vitamins, some yeah, yeah vitamin C <laughs> and a zinc. <laughs> now, if you put a real inflatable pillow in that, then you've got a deal. <laughs> Let's That's stay a good one. Inflatables. <laughs> How is Albany Farms going to, you know, get this great brand out to the world? How are people going to know about Albany Farms? You will see. When we talk again in six months, uh, everybody's going to know who we are and what we're doing. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the word's getting out already, 
but we're not disclosing any particular brands or deals that we're doing right now. But I can tell you that... For me, I mean, yes, Insider Secrets, yes, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if if we didn't have some exciting business opportunities, we wouldn't be doing it. So, you know what I mean? Definitely. Well, and that's that's a great piggyback to my next question, which is going to be, I know you have a tremendous amount of new opportunities on your play right now, but what do you see as the future for Albany Farms um, outside of the massive amount of growth you're experiencing today? You're talking about in other products or other manufacturing? Second facilities, um, products, you know, anything that is on the radar. Yeah, so we're we're looking at several ones. I don't even think I can say where it is, but there I know of two that we're working on now. So what we're doing right now is is gauging the demand for ramen made in the USA. So we think one facility, possibly one and a half facilities, uh, will be able to satisfy that. Uh, and then the rest of it, we're planning for the additional other noodle products that our customers may be needing. So. It'll fluctuate as we go. It'll change, evolve, and uh, that's the great thing about it is we're willing to invest to satisfy where the growth is going. So the sky's the limit. Possibilities are endless. What about a premium product? You know, you're telling me that, uh, you know, pricing is going up because of the uh, containers, and, you know, maybe you could have a premium version, you know, the sirloin uh, beef concept, you know. You have a a top-of-the-line brand. You know, that's not just for the hangover people with their eating it at, uh, at, at Morton's, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I can tell you that we're looking uh, at that as well. And oddly enough, uh, there's a, I don't know if you know Justin Warner. He's a Food Network star. He lives in South Dakota and has his own ramen restaurant. So we've met with him and, you know, just to bounce some ideas off together on where a more premium ramen experience might land. So absolutely, we're exploring that as well. So uh, a couple questions we had. First of all, people want to know, can they order products online or they have to go to a retail store? And what retail stores would that be? Um, Not yet, because we're just now getting that particular facility up and running. So we uh, expect mid-spring. So at that point in time, we're gonna we'll have everything blasted on our website, social media, et cetera, et cetera. So the customers will know exactly where to go to get it. So where in LA can I get it? Anywhere? Probably at Walmart. Okay. So I guess I have to go to Torrance. Today it's going to be the spring. So when when we talk again in uh, 180 days or before that, we'll give you all the juicy details. June 16th. Anyway, um, that's 180 days. So the other question we have is, you know, you have a lot of experience, and so some of our listeners are trying to find out, can you give them two or three words of advice for business? You know, they're not all Walmarts. They're not there. You know, they're not Albany Farms. They can't build their own factory. Maybe they're having supply issues. Can you give two or three good business concepts for any business owner, no matter what business they are, that uh, Mm -hmm. you'd like to share? I would say... First and foremost, take care of your people because the more you take care of your people, the more they're going to take care of you. Uh, understand what your common goal is, uh, where are you headed as a company so that everybody's pulling together instead of in different directions. Uh, make sure you're crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's in terms of running your operation, whether it's out of the basement, garage, a facility, whatever, but understanding 
your own P&L and not uh, putting investment or money where you're not going to get it back. But also just taking care of yourself and your family. Uh, I mean, I was a, a mom, babies. I moved to Germany for Walmart when my youngest was eight weeks old. And, you know, you, you look back and you can just work yourself to death. So you, you really have to figure out how to pace yourself in this business life and personal life so that you give the best of yourself on all sides. Does Albany Farms have a slogan? Slogan? Do they? Almost. Almost, man. We're, that's like our war room discussions right now, what that's going to be. <laughs> we can't wait to talk to you in six months. You're going to have a lot of interesting stuff to share with us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I certainly know how to touch a nerve. Uh, Tracy, do you have any more questions? We have about a minute left. No, I just wanted to applaud what you what you're saying about um, taking care of your family and taking care of your well being too. I think workplace well being is so important right now, and I didn't know if you had any suggestions for how to balance well being and in the workplace. Yoga, number one, but literally on my calendar, I block time off for me to take care of me, which is I do a lot of yoga or whatever your exercise or meditation, whatever you want to do for you, but just stopping uh, because the rest of the stuff will still be swirling around you. But if you're not well inside and out mentally, emotionally, physically, then nothing else works. So I can't stress that enough. Stress and exercise. Interesting concept. Um, <laughs> because exercise relieves stress. My exercise is walking back and forth to the to the uh, refrigerator during a football. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. Glad to have you. KHS 1220, 98.1 FM. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian radio show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.